Good early afternoon, boxing fans. I had to do an update on the video side. Feel free to check that out. CombatTalk.fm. That's our new domain name. You can still use CombatTalkRadio.net. That still works. My name is Livestream, your host. CombatTalk.fm is our new domain. CombatTalkRadio.net will still work, but do check out. We will be doing uh, on the YouTube side. We did do a video from Sonny Edwards and his claims that Van Rodriguez is juicing because he's aligned with Snack. That was the highlight, arguably the highlight of this weekend. Let's go ahead and crash course through our uh, weekend of boxing. We have quite a few fights on deck here, and I'm excited about at least a select few of them. I wouldn't say all of them, but a select few of them I'm reasonably excited about. I think, in my personal opinion, we've got fights, especially if you're over the pond, you're going to be excited to see the, the fights that we've got. And, of course, the decline of Showtime, they're kind of throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. They have some fights there that are going to make you laugh, but I, honestly, they're going to be good fights. So don't shake a stick at those. Then we got stuff from the zone. We got stuff from ESPN. And fortunately this time we don't have a crap ton of fights crammed throughout the week. Everything looks like they're happening today. So let's go ahead and go to the top. The number one I just talked about Bam Rodriguez, Jesse Bam Rodriguez fighting Sonny Edwards. Both guys undefeated. This is on the zone 12 rounds at flyweight action. Huge fight. Probably the biggest fight you're going to have this weekend. And just to put in clarity, Ben Rodriguez has been on a tear. He's dominated some of the best in the business, and he's number four of the ring. Sonny Edwards is number one rated by the ring. Sonny Edwards is very highly rated as a skilled boxer. He's not a knockout artist. He's not going to try to knock you out, but he's hard to catch and hard to take out. So this is going to be a good fight. you got a really good styles clash here. You've got Ben Rodriguez, who's a southpaw. He's, re he's young. He does not have the you know, the size advantage, but he has a significant reach advantage. So watch this fight. If you can't watch any other one, watch this fight. The IBF and WBO flyweight titles are on the line. And then, of course, ring supremacy. This is one of those huge ones. You do not want to miss this one. As much as I love Sonny Edwards trash talk, and I really do, I can't see giving this to anybody but Ben Rodriguez. And that's not digging against Sonny. I'm a big fan of his, but Ben Rodriguez has been on a terror. He's not been stopped. He's not been beaten. He's not come close to getting dominated. He's been unanimous in stoppage in his last five. Sonny Edwards has been unanimous in his last five, and he doesn't, does he have the power? Does he have enough skill to keep Dan Rodriguez off of him? That's really going to be the question of the fight. Definitely worth checking that one out. Same event. This is, by the way, out in Glendale, Desert Diamond Arena. 12 rounds at super bandweight action on this undercard. We got Amurajan Akhmadalia fighting Kevin Gonzalez. Good fight for what it is. Uh, Akhmadaliyev, of course, is a southpaw, but he's coming off of a very close loss. And it was, you know, you, you could toss it either way. It was a very close loss that he, that he took after a win streak. So I don't think he's done. I think he's, he's on the rebuild, and this is a good rebuild fight because Kevin Gonzalez presents him no physical threat. They roughly, eh, roughly equivalent in terms of experience. Kevin Gonzalez, though, as I was watching a little bit of the footage, he's, I think he's out of Mexico. As I was watching a little bit of the footage of this guy, I, I like his style you know, as a boxer. I really like his style, and I think this is going to match well against Akhmadaliyev as a test. We have to see how Akhmadaliyev can deal with this guy. And being a southpaw, he should be able to, but I'm saying this is a good test for Akhmadaliyev on his rebuild. It's also a good test for Gonzalez to see his level and where he's at. Really good fight for what that is. I'm going to lean Akhmadaliyev on that one simply because of the southpaw stance. I think it's going to get a little bit of a problem. So I, that's my gut speaking. Same event. 10 rounds at super bantamweight action. Peter McGrail fighting Harico O'Quinn. 
I did not know O'Quinn uh, prior to a little bit of research just to kind of check him out. And then McGrell I was aware of, but I haven't seen many fights of his. McGrell's a really good fighter. He's a solid, solid, you know, well-rounded. I wouldn't call him a slugger, but, you know, he's just well-rounded overall. Young kid, southpaw, at rangy. I, I like what I saw of him. And then when I looked at O'Quinn, I, I checked out a couple fights of his. He's coming off, he got stopped in the first round, his last fight, which was, it was a surprising outcome. I didn't expect that given, but it looked like he was prone to making mistakes in the fight I saw, which was not that stoppage, but other. Seemed like he was prone to making mistakes where he just got clipped. And so he's on a rebound. I'm going to lean McGrail this time because McGrail, for me, the southpaw is going to definitely affect, I think, O'Quinn. And I think overall, McGrail just seems like he's just, more skilled. I don't want to say the word skilled. That's really what it is. From what I could tell, that's not dinging on O'Quinn. I'm, I'm cheering for him as an American, but I think he just, he tends to make mistakes that gets him caught. And if you make a mistake here, he's going to get taken out. Same event, 10 rounds at flyweight action. Galalia Fai, who I'm a huge fan of, fighting Rocco Santamaro. Of course, like I said, Yafai, big fan of his. I think he early on was a little bit too flashy for his own good. And he had that very close win where it's like, okay, you should not have been going close here, dude. And I think he was pushed a little bit too early. This most recent, he's been on a pretty good run, but I think they're, they're, they're not matching him well, in my opinion. This, I think, is a good match for his level. And some people are critical of the fight because Santa Mauro, he's somewhat older. He's lost his last two. He got dominated recently and it got stopped prior to that. And again, he's older and he doesn't have a lot of power. The reason I say it's matched well is because Santa Mauro has a lot of experience, rounds in the books that Yafai needs and he lacks. Like I would want to see Yafai taken to the absolute limit, all 10, because he needs those rounds in the books. He needs more experience going the distance. He's been placed in fights where he's getting stoppages in like two rounds, four rounds. Like you can't develop as a fighter if you're not going the distance, at least sometimes. So the one where he went close I think helped him develop and hopefully he's improving. But I think, again, they matched him poorly where they debuted him to where he's just going out and getting stoppages and knockouts. And you can't develop as a fighter if you don't fight guys who are able to extend you so you can get those rounds in the books. And I think Santa Mauro, if he's careful, I stress that, can be that one that possibly can take Yafai to the ultimate limit. I'm not suggesting that Yafai should not go for knockout opportunities that they present. I'm saying that that should not be the only focus when he goes in the ring. It's just knocking the guy out. Do, you know, be aggressive, be active, throw, convince the judges round over round that you're better than this dude, but you don't have to every single time blitz and go for the stoppage like Tiafimo did early in his career. Because what happened to Tiafimo is eventually he met CM Punk Cambosis and then got dealt with. So I'm saying Yafai, and he's already in his 30s. It's like, slow down, let's get him some experience, let's get him some rounds in the books, let's develop him as a fighter, and let's be a little bit more studious about who we match him with so he can be developed at a bit. And he also needs to pace up, you know, being 30-something years old, he's only got five freaking fights. Let's, come on, we got to step it up. You should be fighting at least three times a year. That's the other criticism I have of Yafai as a big fan of his. We're going to switch to the UK, Sunderland, the beacon of light, arena, 12 rounds and super welterweight action, still on the zone. Josh Kelly makes his return. He's fighting Placido Ramirez. I, of course, know Josh Kelly. I'm not overly impressed with Josh Kelly, but he's not a bum. I'm just not overly impressed with him. He's been on a tear. He's had a four-fight win streak recently. 
uh, unanimous decisions, stoppage. So he's been doing really good after he got stopped, which is his only loss. And then Ramirez, Ramirez frustrates me, you know, because he's such a good, he's a decent, good fighter. But, you know, just like with others, it seems like he does not, he, he makes mistakes, silly mistakes that gets him stopped. And that really frustrates me. So he's lost three times of the three, two of them were stoppage losses, which I'm like, you should not have lost. You should not be getting stopped, dude. You're better than this. He's only 29 years old, and the dude's actually pretty good. I think he's from, I, can't, I don't know if he's from Africa, Romania. He's he's overseas, and I, I don't even think he speaks English. But the point is, he's a, he's a tall guy. He's a young guy. He's He's got smatterings of brilliance, and then he just loses the plot, and then crap happens. So I'm cheering for him in this one, not dinging Josh Kelly. I'm a fan of his, you know, but I'm cheering for Ramirez to get this W. This would be a huge win for him if he can pull this off. I think it would be good for him from an experience perspective because at this point in his career, he can't really afford to take another L. He's got he's got it. He's just not using it. And that frustrates me as somebody. I want to see him uh, step up and do a little bit more. We're going to switch back to the U.S. in Minneapolis at the Armory. 12 rounds of super middleweight action. David Morrell fighting Senna Agbeko. And Senna Agbeko, story of this one is that he was doing his routine medical examination to, in preparation of the fight, and they found something for his brain. It was affecting his brain, and they were able to catch it in time, and it could have been problematic for him. And they and so that was good. Kudos to him, and I'm glad he's, you know, been able to recover, and he's going to continue his career because I think he's a good dude, you know, good man. He's from Ghana, I believe. Really good dude. And then David Morrell, you know, I know David Murrell has a lot of fans because he he's just a knockout artist. He's been getting knockouts after knockouts, and he's been he's a southpaw. He's rangy as all hell, you know, and he's young. He's got energy for days, and he's been actively calling out David Benavides and others. And I I get it. I'm not dinging the guy. I have nothing negative to say about the guy. I think, in my opinion, it's kind of like if I he's not getting enough experience. He's not getting enough rounds in the books. He's not getting enough time to develop as a rounded fighter. And I think his matching is designed to simply highlight his knockouts and stoppages, which I don't think does him any good. At his age of just 25, with with what he has in his physical attributes, we need to showcase him against guys that can take him the distance. Not saying that he should be boring. I'm saying, you know, you can still be aggressive enough to where you're not going for the knockout, but you're showing the judges that you can go rounds and you can dominate your opponent by decisions or maybe get late round stoppage, but I need to see more pro rounds out of some of these guys. And he's one of them because I expect what's going to happen is at some point he's going to step up to the wrong person at super middleweight. And trust me, super middleweight's a little bit weak right now, but somebody's going to, he's going to step up and he's going to get absolutely decimated just like Andre did for a different reason. And I don't want to see that happen to him because I think he's, he's at the right prime age to develop as a fighter. I just don't think they're matching him well. Agbeko would be a good opponent to be that test. The, the risk and the concern I have on Agbeko is although Agbeko has power, I would not compare him in terms of speed. He has experience, but I would not compare him in terms of precision and accuracy. So it's like Morel has just enough physical attribute advantages over Agbeko to nullify anything Agbeko can throw his way. That's my frustration. Because otherwise, Ibeko would be a great test given where he is level-wise. He's a stylistically good guy, great fight, great power. I just don't think he has enough 
you know, the speed is going to outweigh. The reach is definitely going to outweigh. The southpaw is going to outweigh. All like Baker can lean back on is his experience because he has a significant experience advantage. I just don't know if that's going to be enough to deal with David Morrell. I'm going to lean toward David Morrell on that one. 12 rounds at lightweight action, same undercard. Chris Colbert fighting Jose Valenzuela. I, of course, I know both guys very, very well. Chris Colbert, he had that dominant loss. He got decision and then came back, got a win, so he's on a rebound. Valenzuela's coming off two losses. He lost the dominant decision, got knocked out in the third prior to that. So he's been, he should not be a two-back, you know, back-to-back loss at this age and at his stage. He should not be. And what I saw of him is that he's not really doing anything wrong. It just seems like levels. You know, he's at a B level, and in the moment he steps up, he's not going to perform. So, because he took that back-to-back loss, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know if he's in the in the game where he's going to be able to hang with Colbert. And I'm not overrating Colbert because Colbert is not outstanding. He's a good boxer. He's not outstanding as a fighter. So, if, if Valenzuela had not had the two losses, let's say that Valenzuela were never knocked out. He just took a decision loss. I would easily lean towards Valenzuela to win this because although Colbert is sound and solid, Valenzuela is precise. He's accurate. And he's, I think he'd be able to deal with Colbert. I just don't know where his head's at. And that's what makes me hesitant to go for him is, you know, where's his freaking head after a back-to-back loss? One of them, a dominant knockout loss. I, I don't know if I can be confident that Valenzuela is going to show up. I hope he does because I like the kid. I just, that seeing him get knocked out, that was the main one. But also back-to-back is just, it's, it's causing me to hesitate because Colbert is the one riding off the momentum. He's on the one that's, he's the one that's rebuilding. And his loss, although it was a decision, dominant loss, he didn't get knocked the fuck out, right? So I hesitate this one. I, I'm leaning Colbert reluctantly. And that's not dinging Colbert. I just, I felt, I feel like Valenzuela is a better fighter. He's a better fighter. But I don't know where his head's at after the back-to-back loss. Then the fight that everybody's criticizing, wrongfully so, 10 rounds at welterweight action, the return of legends in the business, Robert Ghost Guerrero fighting Andre Berto. And no, that's not you, that's not me making stuff up. No, that's not a rib. No, that's not a joke. That's a legitimate fight. This is something Berto has wanted for a long time. And here's the story of this one. These these guys have fought before. This is the one of the two notable fights where Andre Berto went in there and for whatever damn reason was trying to do the shoulder roll against Robert Guerrero and got his eye closed. And there's photos all around social media with his eye just completely swollen shut because Ghost was nailing him right in the eye despite the shoulder roll. And that was the joke that Berto was trying to fight like Floyd and couldn't pull it off. Berto has wanted to do rematches with the three people who ultimately did the most against him, which was Victor Ortiz. And he got that one. And he was ultimately winner of the rubber. Robert Guerrero, that's this one here. And then Floyd, which was never going to happen. So here we are. Berto asked for this fight. He wanted it. Guerrero's been back. He's been fighting very intermittently. He's not been on a regular basis, but he fought. Uh, recently against Victor Ortiz. He fought somebody else, and I think he lost that one. I believe that was Figueroa, but somewhere he lost. He got stopped in three rounds off that one. After that, he's been on a win streak. He's got four fight wins. So Guerrero, he's still mentally in the game, and I think he's got the heart to continue doing this. Berto, I don't know where he's at because he's been out for so damn long. He has the split decision win. This is prior to him leaving the business for a while and then came back, and then their records are roughly the same. Guerrero's got the southpaw, and that's the reason why he was able to close Berto's freaking eye so easily is because 
just opposing stances, opposing styles. And Berto largely has been, in, you know, he wants to work in the pocket. He wants to go after you. So he struggled against guys that are not going to play his game. He struggled against Floyd. He struggled against Ghost Guerrero. But he excelled against guys like Victor Ortiz. That's just what it is. Porter. Porter and Berto, right? War. Arguably, Porter washed him. But the point is, it, it favors Berto to go into the pocket. It does not favor Berto to box at range. Guerrero, he'll go to war when it makes sense, which is rare. Normally, he's going to box and try to stick it, and then he'll go in for an attack. But that works on certain guys. It doesn't work on many others. So I'm leaning towards Guerrero this time. I think Berto, I'm, I'm curious about Berto. He's been out of the ring too damn long. I don't know how he's how durable he is, whereas Guerrero's at least been active. He's been fighting. So although he's 40, he's been actively fighting. And so I'm not really sure that Berto's going to be able to sustain, given what I saw here. Berto, of course, has the power advantage. So if he's able to land on Guerrero, maybe we see something. But just looking at the numbers, I mean, Guerrero's got, what, freaking 45 fights or whatever, and he's only been stopped the one time. So to me, I'm leaning towards Ghost. And I know people are like, why are you even worried? It, I'm sorry. These are guys that can sell a fight. They're actually good at selling a fight. They can talk it out. They're entertaining. They're legends in the business. They're ones that gave us wars every time. Berto gave us wars every time, even when he was getting out boxed, he was trying. Berto tried 10 times harder against Floyd than Manny ever did. Robert Guerrero, he was trying. He just was getting dominated because he's in there against Floyd. And remember, Robert Guerrero was highly rated. He was lineal at the time. So you're dealing with two guys that actually try to fight. It's nowhere close to like a Shakur Stevenson era with these two. They're going to entertain the fans. And so I'm I'm telling you, this is a fight to watch. It's on Showtime. I don't think it's pay-per-view, but it's on Showtime. If you want to check that out, I do recommend it because of all the fights, you know, with the exception of Rodriguez Edwards, of all the fights, Guerrero Berto too, I think it's going to be a bar murder for as long as it lasts. Now we're going to switch to Torino, Italy on ESPN Plus. Eight rounds at super lightweight action. Sandro Martin makes his return against Mohamed El Mar Marcoshi. Sandro Martin, of course, is the one that essentially, effectively, beat Tiafimo Lopez. He didn't get his hand raised, but everybody watching the fight said this guy beat Tiafimo. Retired Mikey Garcia. The guy's quality, even though, you know, he's a, he'll stink out the joint because that's what he does. But he's skilled. He's highly skilled. He's never been knocked out, although he has the three losses. One of them is not deserved. So I'm going to be watching this one if I can. It's Italy, so the time zone may be kind of jacked up. But this one will be happening here in about a couple, three hours-ish, two and a half hours, three hours. Good fight. Marcoshi, I didn't know anything about. He's a much older guy. And Sandro Martin, Sandro Martin is just tricky. He's tricky to look good against, just like Jocasian. He's very tricky to look good against. He's tricky to fight. He just is. And I, I'm a fan of his. I think that he deserves more than what he's getting. I think he wins this by with ease. I don't think he's going to dominate, but I think he wins with ease. I don't I didn't see much of Marcoshi that would tell me that he was going to be able to deal with somebody like Sandor Martin. Now we're going to switch to Moscow, Russia. Ironically, this may or may not be televised because it's Russia, obviously. Ten rounds of super bandweight action. I'm talking about it because it's the super bandweights, and I think they deserve more. Airtime, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, Mohamed Shahov versus Leonard Carrillo. Carrillo I had heard about. I'd watched a couple of his fights, didn't watch too many of them. Uh, I didn't know too much about the fight, didn't see too much about the fight, but they're undefeated guys. They're they're not power punchers. They're stylistic boxers, roughly the same level of experience in the business. 
if it happens to be televised and you get a chance to check it out, it might be a good fight worth watching. That's what I see on deck here. Again, Rodriguez Edwards is going to be a barn burner. I can guarantee you Edwards is not going to go for a knockout, but it's going to be a barn burner for as long as it lasts. And then Guerrero Berto too, I'm telling people, I know they're criticizing the fight and the ages of the guys, but that's going to be a hell of a fight too. So that's what we got. I'm, I'm intrigued by Guerrero and Berto in particular. I'm intrigued by whether Josh Kelly can deal with Ramirez 100%. I'm intrigued if Talia Fai is taken to task by Santa Mauro. So we got a couple of intriguing ones, if nothing else. I'll check in after the fight if something significant happens.